is cheesy. The plot is stupid. I'm sorry, the plot is bad. That's a little opening. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Better Late Than Never special event here at ARG Presents. I'm double excited this week, Brent, because we spun the wheel. We made the deal. The wackiest deal for the wackiest machine, because this week we'll be playing uh, a computer made by Camp Computer. Yes. And it's called the Lynx. Yes. It's not the Atari Lynx, and it's not no. computer. It's camp computer. That's it. These are computers that you use solely for camping trips and outings, I believe. They're not. <laughs> they're not. But the name struck me as particularly strange and odd. Brent, had you ever heard of the Camp Pewter? Oh, my, no. No, are you kidding me? The Camp Pewter Lynx. Who, who has ever heard of this thing? The, you know the thing about this? It's the Camp Pewter's LNS Lynx. Yes. Too much. It should have either been called the Camp Pewter, <laughs> right, or the Lynx. By the way, this predates the Atari Lynx. Oh, wait. Yeah, by quite a bit. It predates it quite a bit. By quite a bit, yeah. And, and was only, it's still probably about half as powerful. But you know, I'm assuming this one never crossed the old the Brent radar. No, no, no. This was this was definitely one I had not heard about until uh, this episode. Let's learn a little bit about this bad boy. And there's not a ton of uh, big information, but there's some pretty amusing stuff in here. So, again, the name of the computer is the Lynx, manufactured by Camp Computers. Uh, you know. You know when you get something like this, that's got to come straight, straight from the streets of something, a.k.a. the U.K., another U.K. spectacular. This thing uh, came into uh, the world in March of 82 and ran for two big years into June of 84. Now, you're thinking to yourself, a two-year run, not bad. Well, this thing was, this thing was perpetually late. Yeah. Party the party. We'll get to that. Uh, this had a full-stroke 57-key keyboard on it. Yep. Uh, it looks okay. It looks sort of a uh, Commodore-ish. It had a, of course, what do these computers always have? The old Zilog Z80. This one is the Z80A. I, I read two different places for two different speeds. I read this ran at 4 megahertz. And I heard, I read that it ran at 6 megahertz. So you can, there are a lot of that sort of information about this thing. <laughs> this thing could, had multiple memory configurations. Uh, 48 kilobytes up to 128 kilobytes or even more, uh, uh, I think. Again, your mileage may vary on that because it was sort of all over the map. This thing could go into 256 by 248 or 512 by 480, uh, eight colors. Of course, there was a but when it comes to that, which we'll get to. Uh, the sound in this is the old one voice beeper. It's got the speaker <laughs> mounted on the motherboard. <laughs> Uh, on it. This thing had some pretty bizarre ports. Uh, it had a uh, tape port. Uh, it had a TV out RF port. It had an RGB port. It, it also had a light pin port. Always like when machines have those. And then you had the... Those things never took off. Then you had the optional extension box port, you know, which you could put some other... Yeah, well, <laughs> what do you want? It's an ex it's ex extension. It had an external uh, power supply. It did have a floppy unit with a butt. So a lot of the things you're going to find out about this system, I should mention, when this de debuted with a 48K model, you're looking at 225 pounds uh, in 82. Ooh. Well, 225 would still be what I would consider, I wouldn't say budget, but no. it's, it's not like an ultra expensive, it's, but it's it's getting there. So 
the uh, uh, Apple expensive, but that's no. still pretty darn pricey. This machine kept being great, but not getting released on time. Like they're like, we got a 48K version, and then like time would pass, other machines would ship with 48K, and then they'd be like, aha. And when and, he did it! And then they'd be like, we got a 128K version, and time would pass. Other machines would ship, they'd be like, ah, and they'd have it. Uh, there were a bunch of crazy uh, issues with this thing, for starters. Uh, they One of the things I read over and over when I was researching this is that they kept telling people, hey, you can add uh, memory to this thing. You know, it's, it's super expandable. I had a floppy drive, whatever. Well, you could do these things. You had to send it back to the factory. And the camp, no camp computers was notoriously slow <clears throat> with your stuff. And so they'd have to go in there, and it, and it would take a long time to get all your stuff done. Uh, one of the things that I struck, that struck me as particularly amusing on this thing, so you're, you could program in this thing, and you actually had the ability to uh, manipulate uh, using assembly code uh, things, that, hardware devices on the bus as they will. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. Well, in the manual, it says, listen, and this was true, and this was written in the manual. If you make a mistake in your programming, you yeah. can destroy it's the done. computer. Yeah. So you can yep. basically fry this thing <laughs> if you if you drop the ball on it uh, very easily. Um, the uh, Of course, it did have a floppy drive, which was a pretty big deal at the time. Uh, they only shipped about... 30,000 of these in the entire t- lifetime oh, of this Wow. Thing. I knew the count was low, but I didn't realize it was that so, low. Yeah, it's pretty low. And uh, uh, who knows what different configurations were shipped with it. Um, they also had CPM support with a... Bu- I read that I read three different places that they had CPM support, but then I read from a guy who said they promised CPM support, but it didn't deliver it. So I don't know exactly what well, I mean, considering their track history, that that was that's a thing they 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 had they had a uh, an issue with that. And something else would happen is when you upgraded your let's say you sent your computer links in to get the memory upgraded. Well, when you got it back, some of the crap you used to run wouldn't work anymore. You know, it was so there were huh. there, there was a very there were very few uh, some people that did software for it, so there wasn't a ton of software. I mean. I, I'd say we, when we had the uh, toe sack on this thing, and I pretty much think I saw we saw pretty much everything. And there wasn't like, I mean, it wasn't like it was completely empty, but there wasn't a ton of stuff on it. Uh, but it looks like it's it's a very brown computer. Also, it's got, I mean, it's the keyboard's brown, the the case is brown. It's just very brown looking looking machine. Uh, but uh, uh, there was nothing on it that really took off, and ultimately. Between the fact that they had trouble shipping these, they had trouble keeping up dates, and ultimately, every time they shipped one of these things, it had already been you know passed by, yeah. by like the ZX or whatnot. Yeah, this thing was doomed, doomed yeah. from Jump Street. Another thing it had going for it is it had these high resolutions, which was good, but it didn't have a way to move graphics very well at these resolutions. And so, what you got, and we noticed this when we played games on it, is that you got this sort of it, it plays games like a classic computer does. Uh, it's not like like a you play games on a ZX. It moves just pretty smooth, for example, or even an Amstrad. This is that jumpy. Yeah, it, like it, everything's on a grid, right? It's yeah. it, it's 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 just it's not smooth at all. It didn't have the ability to render like real smooth graphics. Yeah. that can be smoothly moved around on on the screen. But it did have. I mean, it really was. 
I think it was aimed more as a business machine than it was as a. I mean, they didn't plan on having any games on it. Of course, games make a scene sell. You know, so what? I mean, I guess, I guess it's hindsight, but why would you ever make that assumption? Yeah, I, just set yourself up for failure. Uh, estimates, according to uh, uh, sources, it's estimated that twenty to thirty percent of that thirty thousand were sold in the UK, and then the rest were so, sold mostly in France. Spain and Greece, uh, and and they uh, it says here that uh, the competitors at the time were the of course the forty eight k Sinclair Spectrum and you all and the Orange and so it got pounded by both those. <laughs> when the Orange kicks your butt, you're in trouble. Well, the Orange you got to think the Orange <laughs> a, a real popular machine. Oh certain, yeah, I know. I in know. certain areas. Um, so it's an interesting little machine. It died a death. I should mention I saw a guy take one of these apart on uh because we don't obviously don't have one. Yeah. Uh I saw a guy take one of these apart on uh YouTube and inside this thing are like a million bodge wires. And from what I've heard, that was state like there was a lot of like after uh after PCB printed bodging that had to go on to get these things to function. Yeah. And were they reliable? And they had an external power supplies that probably held. I didn't read anywhere that they weren't reliable. But I mean, I don't know. There's a very low presence of this computer across the net. Yeah. Like you don't see much about it. And when usually when you're searching for it, like Google or whatever really wants to steer, steer you in other directions. Yeah, well, it's because it thinks you're misspelling computer. For and one that, thing. You want it, that you want the Atari Lynx. Right, yeah. So, yeah, it was a it, it was a double trouble uh, on this computer. But still, I mean, as far as the computers that we've looked at in the past, this was certainly not the most remedial or the, uh, the ugliest. Oh, no. It had, a, it, like I said, the keyboard looks okay. I saw a guy, like, hit the keys. They sounded, they didn't sound super mushy. You know, I'm sure it's not the, the best. I would certainly say this, this, is a a computer in the sea of many that failed not because it wasn't good enough, but because it wasn't fast enough. Well, and I don't mean fast as in as in clock speed. I mean fast as in getting it to market. Yeah, and it also like if you're competing, if you're competing with say the ZX, right, and then later on you're competing with the Amstrad, yeah, or even other European machines that sold better. You are going to have to come in with something like these guys. They had a better, for example, it gets with a uh, compared with, like, say, the Spectrum. They had a better keyboard, but I mean, the Spectrum uh, was like just as capable in most ways and in, in ways that people would care about. Yeah. And if you, and despite the fact that it had the higher resolutions, it, it doesn't work for games. And so at that point, you've limited yourself to a business environment. And I don't know how many spectra- spectrums were used in the business, but you had the BBC, the BBC out yeah, there you know, in the UK, and then you also did, you did have your Oryx. And by the way, I, your Oryx also had a decent, you know, keyboard and was okay. Sure. So you know, uh, we had. Well, I want to thank uh, Pajaco who turned us on to a, what I would consider a top shelf emulator for this thing. Yeah, it we seemed were concerned. To pretty much everything we it needed worked right out of the gate, and it worked well. Yeah, uh, and I was able to check out uh, a, a, a few different titles. I did as well. Yeah. Where I p- ultimately decided on the one I, I picked out. So, and you were late to the party on picking one of these. I out. was. You I wanna, was. How do you want to? You want to go first on this? I, I believe that I will go first, All Aaron. Right. And I'm taking a look at Oh Mummy. Oh yeah. Now, Aaron, Oh Mummy released on a few systems, uh, but the order in which it was released kind of odd. Uh, 
it was a pack-in game for the Amstrad. Real? Uh, the Amstrad CPC. Uh, it was a bundle game for the Spectrum. It was also released for the MSX. Uh, the Einstein, remember that? Oh, yeah. And the, of course, the uh, the Lynx here. This is a game, it's, it's, I picked it for two reasons. Yeah. Uh, if you go back, this guy, the, the author of this game, whose name was, uh, Darren White, uh, interesting fellow. He made games for a few companies. He actually <clears throat> went in and became a partial owner of Jim Software. Jim Software, who, uh, was the developer of this game, put themselves out there. Uh, got screwed in a few business deals, which was highly rampant in the 80s computer was land. That, was the dude involved making games for the computer? Well, no, it, <laughs> it was in, it was involved of making games and then not getting paid for the games. I see. Uh, so the the studio kind of fell apart, and he stepped up and said, oh, let's kind of put this back together and released a few more things before ultimately, of course, letting it all go. But he was a, a an employee when making Old Mummy, and everyone says this is an an, an Amadar clone, right? <clears throat> Where you, uh, well, eh, that's that's what a lot of people are comparing it to. Uh, they played Amadar? They, yeah, those guys um, are idiots. But he said no. Th- it was not inspired by that. It was actually inspired by Painter, which is a game we looked we at played on the, uh, a month ago. What was that system on, do you recall? Uh, Painter? It was yeah. on a few systems. Um, so, the the evolution here is incredibly obvious, and that's actually why I want to talk about All Mummy. And it's the evolution of taking this game where you have a grid of squares, you run around the square, and that activates the square. And in Amadar, you give you points. In Painter, it gives you points, and you've got enemies chasing you uh, that continue to multiply as you go along the levels. And then... And this, it takes it one step farther. It puts a story to the game, a, a relevant, believable story for the setting that the game is put in. It has you as a British uh, uh, archaeologist who is heading to Egypt to <laughs> to basically rob it. That's how we do I mean, it. I mean, they they said they're recovering artifacts. But yeah, the Egyptians recover by digging up the graves. That's <laughs> how you do it. So the Egyptians were doing okay. Okay, digging out these artifacts until they uncovered a mummy. Yeah. And the mummy chased all the workers off. And you play as a character that gets in there and gets the job done. Uh, so you have to run around these squares. And when you run around the squares, that that is uh, uh, symbolic of you working the land, pulling out the artifacts. How about you? Are you not in a tomb? I mean, you are right. Well, you're working the land. Well, you? no, you're you are. You are. You're, you so these are, are. These are sub tombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you, when you reveal, uh, when you walk around an area and reveal it, a few things can happen. It can be empty. Yeah, sure, that happens. You can find uh, the artifact you're looking for. All right, the, the, the big sarcophagus. sarcophagus. Yeah. You can find a key which will unlock to go to the next room. You can find an evil mummy. Yeah. Who, who once you go around the room, it kind of wakes up and you can see it digging out of its, it, yeah. out of its grave. Like it's pretty cool. Uh, or you it's can find a around. scroll 
which if you have a scroll, you can kill one mummy, one per level. And it has to be on the level you got it. It doesn't like go into an inventory. You just uncover the scroll and then you can run into one mummy and not die. Or you can just uncover these little loot rooms. Yeah. And the loot rooms are signified by little pound size. Yeah, it's, 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 like it's like the mummy's been stashed in pounds. Well, those represent small artifacts that you're bringing back. Is that what that yeah, is? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like money. So, so it's just you're filling your bag, your coffers with, with money. Just, That's how you do it. So, it's, the theme of this is so horrible. I like, it's so on I the like nose. It. Yeah, it's okay. So That's what they convert to, eventually. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what's going to happen. Why just cut out the middleman? Listen, you're just going to sell these artifacts. Here's the here's the here's the actual the actual money. I I, I don't I don't think it, it, it's supposed to be like that. That so this game. Even as itself evolved, because on the CPC, when you ran around the loot rooms that were just the money symbols, you couldn't go in and get the money. You just got rewarded money, right. which made it very much like Painter, which made it very much, you know, that was more common copy. Having those loot rooms open up just slightly, it's just a little door at the bottom with six money symbols on the inside that you can run in and get, yeah. and you can you can jump in there. And kind of hide from the mummy, although the mummy can go into those rooms. Oh, yeah. They absolutely made can. a tremendous difference to how this played versus all these other loop-around-the-box games. Yeah. And <clears throat> not having that in the CPC versions, it was in the ZX version. Uh, of course, it was in the Lynx version. I don't know. I, I didn't get a chance to look at the MSX version, but I've heard that it is the creme de la creme. So I'm guessing that, that it, it has that as well. And I think the reason why it wasn't on the Amstrad versions was a limitation on how small they could make the graphics that you would go in. and to, The grid had to be a certain size because it was, it's a 5x5 five five grid or a 5x4 grid. And then they couldn't manipulate the sprites of the size, I think. I don't know that for sure. But you're not a programmer, are you? The not having that, not having the ability to go into the rooms makes a tremendous difference on how this plays and how it feels. Uh, the game itself, it's a very basic concept. It's a very basic maze game concept. Uh, if you run into a zombie, the zombie dies. Mummy. Sorry, mummy. If you do it on... It's if, called Oh Mummy. On the, very first, on the very first thing you do, if the first action you take is to sacrifice a guy and run into the mummy, you are left without an enemy on the first board. Yeah. Unless you uncover one from the tomb, right? That's a weird mental place to be because I started finding myself sacrificing to get rid of a mummy so I could collect more loot. Because if you get through five stages, you then fly back to uh, the UK and cash in all this stuff. Yeah. And you can get rewarded with an extra man. So it becomes a weird puzzle in your brain. If you beat the level or leave the level with, say, two mummies following you, those two mummies come to the next room. So you can have a total of like eight, nine, ten zombies or mummies, mummies running around at the same time. And then it's chaos. And I hate it and love the way they do death. When you die, the mummy that killed you disappears, but you spawn right back where you were. Yeah. 
So if there's in a real time. If there's a whole line of mummies, you're just gonna die and die and die. And at first, that really annoyed me. I, I, it really annoyed me too because I didn't because it, it, you know, you're not. It's not the way it's supposed to be in gaming. You're supposed to get a little bit of chance to run away, whatever. But after I thought about it more, I was like, this is kind of clever because it makes you want to deal with the zombies. Mummy. So you, sure, I'm going to keep doing that. It makes you deal with the mummies on the levels previously if you can. And I think that it also has a risk-reward element. You don't, If you don't unearth the other mummy, it won't come chase you. And if you find the scroll and kill the one that starts in the room, well, then you've got free reign. It's a much deeper game strategically if you sit down and think about it and how you want to play and how you want to get that high score because ultimately it is a high score game. It eventually just starts looping. But when I sat down, I started really thinking about it and really stretching. It's deep. It's deep, man. For a little game like this, there's a lot to think about and a lot to do. Aaron, have you played Oh Mummy before this? Because this is a very popular game. I think game. I have played this on something. It wasn't on the Camp Peter Links, I can tell you that. I, I so, but I mean, I don't. I don't remember how. Uh, I don't remember getting into it that much. I may. It may have been something I played like an MS Extreme or something. But uh, I, I when it came up, one day, you know, I love games that have the instructions built in, and this one did. Oh yeah, and, and long backstory. Yeah, and it yeah. also and it explains all the different levels, all the different options. It explains where you can change the keyboard or mouse, and you know, it, I like that. So that was a good thing. It had a little theme that came on. It had an opening screen. It had all the stuff that uh, you expect for like a nice game. Uh, and then you, once I, I played with the keyboard, although I wish I'd played the joystick, but I played the keyboard. I played with the keyboard as and, well. And um, it, it's funny, this game won't let you use the arrow keys on your keyboard. Nah. It, it, it's, it's funny, I looked this up. So it said you can't use red keys. Yeah. Okay. And I looked. And it was, yeah. I looked, and all the arrow keys are red keys. Which is funny because on my game, the arrow keys are the default keys. Yep. So it was very odd. It was so odd. My yep. keys. And this game is one of those games. It's a simple premise, uh, you know, and, but it's they execute it pretty well. The whole the uncovering the mystery boxes to see what's in there. The mystery digs is fun. I like that when you find a mummy, it spurl, it you know, it, it goes around the box digging its way yeah. out. That's cool. It gives you a second to get out of there. The mummies don't look like mummies; they look more like like skull, skull oh, really? yeah. or something. Yeah, they're not greatly. And your guy just looks like a. I mean, it sort of looks like a guy. Yeah, but I mean, really, the, that doesn't mean anything because the graphics of the little digs are pretty good. Yeah, the sarcophagus looks like a sarcophagus. The money, you know, you know what you're getting. The scroll looks like a scroll. It moves at a pretty good clip. You didn't mention this, but well, I'm going to get into okay. it. Okay, uh, but uh, you really have to kind of hone in on the level you want to play at and the speed, which is pretty important. Both of which are adjustable. Yeah, both of which are adjustable. Uh, Brent's right. Uh, the uh, going into the pound vaults or whatever it makes it better because it, it takes longer. Risk versus in reward. Fact, I could have seen where you could also you could have actually implemented that for like the scroll as well. Make you have to go in to get it, but they're not going to say why they didn't do it. But you could have, but. Uh, it gets hard very quickly. I, I will say the game is glitchy. More than one time, really, yeah, I, more than once, I would I would be in a maze that would never the door would never open, and I'd be the only one there. 
Did you find the key in the sarcophagus? Dude, you have to have both. I had everything. I had went everywhere, and the key is never open. I've I've never had that happen. It happened to me twice uh, in Hmm. the game. Uh, But uh, otherwise, I think it plays pretty fair. Like Brent mentioned, you can just. You can find the key right away and just leave. Well, you have to find both, yeah. You know, once you find those two things, you can go. And so if you, and it's probably not the worst thing you want to do if you want to just go play for a long time. Uh, If you want to, uh, uh, one thing you can do, uh, and Brent mentioned, is like you can just basically sacrifice a guy and then just get all the money. Yeah. You know, and all you need to uh, all you need to worry about is uncovering another mummy. And if there's a scroll there, you can, you know, you're good to go. So there is a, there's certainly a strategy to that. But I actually enjoyed this. I thought it was a pretty good game. I mean, it's one I'd heard about before. You know, and in fact, I think I own a copy of this on the on Spectrum. It's probably in one of my, <laughs> one one of my uh, folders eats, over yeah. there. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've got at least one of these, maybe two. But I mean, it's, this reminds me of your old school, simple, you know, simple graphics, simple gameplay. But they would actually try to come up with some pretty good gimmicks. Yes. You know, and I think and the people that whoever thought I'd like to meet the guy was like, "Oh, it's an Avatar. Or you're an idiot. Avatar is not like this at all." A lot of people have said well, that. It was in the reviews. A lot of people said that. It's because it's just like everything's like Donkey Kong. Remember that the yeah, old magazines? Oh, everything's just like Donkey. No, it's not. If you jump up on a platform, it doesn't mean they're ripping off Donkey Kong. You knucklehead. But it was early days, and the people were dumb. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Now, uh, a few things. Uh, it was asked in chat uh, by Duncan Styles. Uh, do I do we think that they made the game intentionally as deep as I'm projecting it to be with the taking mummies into the next room and the way the deaths happen where you stay in the same place and you can just get hammered, lose all your guys real fast? Uh, that's a good question. I would assume that 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 yes, it was intended. And the reason why I say that is in the long, long text scroll, on how to play the game, they talked at length about bringing zombies into the other room. Or mummies, bringing mummies into the other room and how dangerous that is and ways to avoid it and how it might be better to leave some stuff behind, that sort of thing. Uh, Maybe I'm trying to make it out deeper than it is. Uh, I don't think so, though. I didn't think it was like what I would call particularly deep. Well, when when I read an article about this guy, he talks about this game. This is one of his babies that he really loved, and he wanted to set a lot of records straight. And it was you set the record straight well, on about being about being Amador versus yeah. And no, it. it was really with Painter. I got it. I got it. Um, so I think that he did have more thought into this game than maybe what the surface looks like. Uh, there are difficulty levels in the game for, that makes the the mummies smarter. Uh, which I think just makes them more aggressive or less aggressive. Yeah. Is that what you spell? Yeah. And you can change the speed of the game. Well, I mean, they, yeah, they, they, I don't know. They, if, when you don't, in the early levels, I only played the high levels once because it got mauled instantly. Yeah. But like they do sort of, they don't necessarily come at you. They're sort of like the ghosts of Pac Man. It's sort of like they, they'll get around to you, but they don't necessarily come after you. Well, the mid, I played on the mid difficulty is what I enjoy the most because they will tail you and they will follow you and you will have to make And they match your fast, speed. Yeah, yeah it's, it, you're the exact same speed as, as the mummies. So when you go, you have to really go around those corners at the precise timing uh, and eventually they will leave you alone. Eventually. But it might take two seconds or it might take 
15 seconds and you got to keep making those loops and going down corridors and stuff, which, so I found that to be the most enjoyable. Um, one last thought on this, Aaron, uh, when I picked this game, I had never heard of it before. All right. Really? So, cuz I mean, I, I you it's it's got a name, you know. Yeah. Well, it boy does it have a game name. Yeah. Because it has been released as recently as a few years ago on uh phones, on yeah. iOS. It also got a uh a new Genesis release, a fan-made release. The article that I read about him was from 2018. Yeah. So they tracked him down and asked him questions about what he thought about the new releases and all that kind of yeah, stuff. It seems like we, it seems like on Amigos, we covered a port of this. I mean, that, so, or maybe it was on here, but somewhere we've talked about a recent port of this to something. So clearly it's something, someone's still messing with it. Yeah. So, I mean, but that tells me that this, first of all, it sold a ton of copies because it was a pack in game. Yeah. For, for, or, a, it was a pack-in and a compilation game. So it sold a ton of copies. It's a ton of people's childhoods. Uh, a, a member of our uh, Discord, Jocko, showed a picture where he owned this on on eight different cassettes. Yeah. Insanity. Aaron, speaking of him, do you got that review pulled up? I can. You know, I want to say before we get into that, I'm surprised that this never made it to the Coco. Well, what if there's a Coco you know version? That, you know where it got hacked to? Where? In television. Oh yeah, yeah, I believe there it. there are bootleg copies of it on there. So Pajaco chimes in here with a review. He says, "Oh mummy, or is it all mummy?" <laughs> Being the world's foremost old mummy expert. <laughs> okay, okay, I own a bunch of copies of this on cassette for different systems because it's kind of funny. Anywho. I hadn't played the, the, the he misspelled computers. I haven't played the computer links version until recently, as I'd always assumed it was more or less the same as the Specky version, but surprisingly not. In this version, you can go into each box and collect the money for extra points, and that comes with a risk because the mummies can get in uh, can get you in there. Yeah. Like all versions, though, you can just make a run for the door as soon as you get the key. But the risk reward here is enhanced by said extra collection and makes the game better. Absolutely. One thing I didn't like was it doesn't change empty box areas, so you're never entirely sure if you've uncovered them or not. That's a fair criticism, too. Uh, on most of the other versions, it at least goes from a dark brown or a sandy brown to a darker brown, and does not do that well, on once this you, version. Once you went all the way around them... You can have one little footprint off and not oh, realize okay. it. Um sound like the Specky version becomes irritating quickly. Yeah. But honestly, having the same bit of music play over and over like the Anshad version uh, does is no better either. So sound, not audio, not great. Graphics are like the Specky version, very basic. and gives the game a feeling of being written and basic, but overall, the Lynx version is still better than the Specky version. 7 out of 10. P.S. If you want to see the ultimate uh, evolution of the game, check out the homebrew Sega Genesis version is pretty good. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Good stuff there. I I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I kind of like these old games. They're the kind you just pick up and play real quick, and then you're done with them. Uh, and uh, this one, I thought more than others, it actually had a little bit of uh, substance substance to yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, we've played games like this on other systems. You know, it's funny how these old systems, they're kind of basic. You get a basic platformer. You get a basic game like a maze game. But it's still fun. Absolutely. Now, Aaron, what did you bring to the table? So I looked, I took some time to try to figure out something that I hadn't seen before. 
And boy, I hadn't seen this. And uh, <laughs> I can tell you that. And you know how your your guy gave interviews and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know who made this. I've no idea. Wow. But the game I picked to play is Floyd's Bank, which is a great name, too. It's Floyd's Bank, everybody. <laughs> uh, released in 1983. Now, uh, Floyd's Bank uh, has been miscredited to a lot of places. Uh, a lot of places have this being developed and published by Jim Software. Eh, incorrect, sir. Because I actually found boxes for this that had that pub that developers they wanted, and they were Romic Romic software. Uh, I I did a little lookup because I think I thought I'd heard of these guys that I had. Uh, they were around uh, from '82 uh, uh, going forward, and they did a ton of stuff on the Vic uh, and and the Dragon and some other stuff. Uh, they were a pretty big name. Of course, they were out of the UK, as you can imagine. Uh, as I look over there with the stuff that they did, I mean, you're not a big Vic guy, the brand, but they did a bank robber on the ZX. They did a game on the CC4 called Zappy Zooks. That sounds pretty good. They did Dickie's Diamonds on the CC4, Fool's Gold. So they did some stuff. Uh, Cyclops on the Coco. If you're into Coco, they did a few BBC Micro. The funny thing is, this list doesn't include any of the stuff they did. On the uh, on the camp pewter, and I don't know I don't know how much they did on the camp pewter, but I know they did this. Uh, the, unfortunately, Floyd's bank does not include any cool instructions on board or anything like that. You just basically get into it. But I did find I found two different boxes for this, and the two different boxes have descriptions on them. So I got lucky there. there. You go. Right on the front. So the first one I found is Romic Software presents Floyd's bank for the links. You are an inexperienced bank robber. You must penetrate the bank's four anti-theft zones to steal gold and valuables from the safety deposit boxes. If it takes too long, nerve gas is released by the bank's security door. So that's that's the first explanation I found. One thing I like about this box is at the bottom of it, it says, in quotes, a real action shot of the game. And had a big picture of the game on it. <laughs> like, like, this is going to blow you away. And then the, underneath it says, will you be the supreme world champion? I, I, want, want, I think I got a chance. I want that on his shirt. <laughs> and the other box also has a small uh, uh, thing on it. It says, gold and valuables beyond expectation await you in Floyd's bank. Can you penetrate the vault? He's got a picture of Floyd. Floyd sort of looks like uh, uh, he's wearing Devo glasses. And he's got, he, and he's, he's got a uh, purple and and black striped shirt and he's got a pound bag over his you know like a money oh, yeah. bag yep. over his shirt over his shoulder so Floyd's getting it done so Floyd's bank is in fact a four screen extravaganza to excite the senses and uh, and, and uh, challenge you to be supreme world champ uh, this game doesn't mess around. It starts you out uh, on on section one. I will say each section of this game has its own title screen. Yeah. Complete with like stylized yeah. graphical uh, name. Yeah. The first level of this is called uh, the Plastine Sector. Okay. And this is a pretty simple uh, level, but it's, it's, well, I mean, it also can be the hardest one. Yeah. So picture like in your mind, uh, like uh, uh, if you're playing Berserk, you know yeah. they have those big, wide lanes for mazes. Picture something like that, and your job is to go up and down, up and down through this maze of the exit. Sounds simple, right? And occasionally, even openings will appear, make yeah. it quicker. Well, also these little dots appear. Okay, 
if you're near a dot for too long, the dot explodes and it and it it has a blast radius, a big a square, huge it's blast a rectangle. radius. Yes. So picture a dot and then a rectangle around the dot. Yeah. If you get caught in that area, you're dead. Now, when you die in Floyd's bank, that you, you get this the cool screen comes back up to tell you the level. It's like this is your last chance. You get you get two chances. That's it. That's it. So the second, so you have to get navigate your way through that kind of big lane maze, avoiding the explosions. And they won't explode if you're not close enough to them. If you see them explode, you're dead. Yeah. If you ever see one explode, I never once. No, saw one I never got away from. And it. I wasn't in the mm-hmm. blast zone. I should mention at the top of the screen, there's a timer in your score. And so if you're also if you're in there for too long in the level, then the then you heard the thing nerve gas. But in, and in game turns, that means you just, you just get killed. It also has the high score at the top list on the screen, which that's a nice touch. So that's the plastine sector. The second level is called the labyrinth. The labyrinth is exactly what it says it is. It's a big level with red, a red maze at the top, and there's money uh, around the labyrinth in various places. And your job is to go and retrieve the money. And once you get all the money, an exit opens up and you can leave. Sounds simple. Well. In this level, the maze literally is perpetually shifting. Yes. And, and so you have to basically get through the maze, get to get the money, and you but there's no just easy way. No. You have to hope that openings appear that you can get into. Can you be trapped in one area for like fifty seconds? Heck yeah, yes, you can. Absolutely. Can you, you get can. to the point where you can't leave because they can't get out the door because it never opens up? Yeah. This is another level, like the first one that's sort of I completed this, I went through this whole game my first try. Okay, and then subsequent tries, I did not because, <laughs> and that's because it's just it's a random. Some a lot of times it's there's a I guess there's some skill to this, but a lot of times yeah. it's, it basically always go. It's like a, a being a running back in the NFL. As soon as you see an opening, go. You can't hesitate. You got to go. Yes. You know, because uh, the maze, I, I the maze can't kill you on its own. No, you can't it, get like but you run, by a you'll run out of time. Yeah. is the problem. The third level is the most cryptic, Gold Vault. And so in this level, you're in a big, empty space. And uh, uh, around that space will appear numbers to show up. One through through seven. seven. And then some, like, also some, like, a shape, like an X or whatever that shape is. Yeah. And I... I assume that was gold. I don't know. I don't know exactly how this level works. I, I think at I know. first I thought you had to get pairs of numbers. Mm-mm. All right, but that didn't seem to do anything. And then I thought you had to get a certain amount of gold to open the exit. Mm-mm. I don't, so because I've seen the exit open early, I've seen it open late. I thought you were supposed to avoid the X's, but you're not. They give you points. No, no, they're gold. So I don't know exactly, but all I do on this level is just go and get as much stuff as I can. And hope the exit opens. I don't have a. Do you have any thoughts on I, that? I believe you're working out a combination. Uh huh. Um, but the way I've why is the goal there to get? <laughs> well, what you, it's a vault. Oh, okay. Um, I believe that you have to get numbers, all the numbers one through seven. And when you once you get all the numbers one through, you can get I think of that. I you can get two or three multiple times. Yeah. But if you're missing a number, because not all the numbers are there all the time. Yeah. And sometimes you have to collect numbers to get other numbers to appear. I think once you get the numbers one through seven, you don't even have to get them in order. Uh, the door opens. You can. The leave. funny thing is, since we don't know exactly what we're doing, 
for whatever reason, this is still the easiest level. I don't know. Well, you, I yeah, you, 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 can't, you almost can't die. Yeah, I mean, you were out of time. I mean, I never had a problem where I couldn't get. Yeah. But I mean, so that's that's Floyd's Bank for you. The most, <laughs> most confusing level is the easiest one. And then the last level is the Robot Cavern. Okay, now this is interesting. And the robot cavern, it starts you in the middle of the screen, and there's like probably uh, nine or, or ten exits, or probably I think four at the top and bottom, and three at the side, I think. So, uh, uh, 14, whatever it is, different exits. But anyway, robots come out of these exits, all right? And you're in the middle, and your job is to go around and just try to find which exit's the real exit. Yeah. Uh, and you have, while you're avoiding the robots, so you're ducking into a. Uh, to a room or to a doorway. If you don't leave, then that's not it. And you go to the next one, you know, and that's, you go through them all. Sometimes you get lucky and you literally get it right away. And sometimes you're going through all these things. Now, if you can't keep track of the ones you've tried, then you're boned. And then once you finish that up, the, the game uh, repeats. Um, I like the idea. Listen, I didn't hate this at all. I mean, there it's there's some randomness to it. Don't get me wrong. But how many games back in the day uh, uh, in 83, we're having you giving you di- basically four different slants on a game, and they're really totally different levels. They're yeah. not similar at all. No. Uh, the graphics are sort of what you would expect of the era. They're a lot like the graphics in Omami. They're, uh, you know, your guy looks like a little guy, and uh, the bad guys look like little, like, ghosts from, like, Pac-Man or something like that. The explosions just look like kind of like... I mean, they look like explosions, but the bombs look like little dogs. Oh, yeah, they look... They're, well, no, the, the, the bombs look like little health packs. Yeah, well, they're <laughs> not healthy. Uh, the, uh, uh, you know, I will say the, the third level was pretty uh, amorphous and strange, but the rest of them, I thought it was a pretty good-looking game. I didn't ha- Of course, you didn't have any instructions, so I jumped into it without knowing anything and figured it out pretty quick, except for the third level, uh, and I uh, enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. You can... You can uh, ramp through this quickly uh, and have a good time and uh, it does keep your high scores it's got a high score table it's a high score game the fact that it does no matter how well you did before if you die twice on the same level you're done yeah, it's over but i don't mind that that no, gives you a chance in fact that's better i think for a game like this you know so i was wrong there's was that eight, eight eight exits i didn't think that was i didn't think there were 14 i was close but uh um a fun game that i enjoyed given the uh, the era and given the the specifications of the machine, what did you think about this with the brand? Um, I was pleasantly surprised by this. Yeah, uh, I did not enjoy this as much as my game, but I also enjoyed it more. Your game's more well, of I mean, a, a game. Well, like you can play that game and think, I guess it's a game. You can play this one and be great at it, and then get screwed. Well, <laughs> this is this is something that if you have twenty minutes to invest. This is worth playing. Yeah. Okay. It has almost zero replayability, even though you can adjust the difficulty levels. Um, I, the score, there's too many random things that can happen for me to think that this is a fair skill game and thus a fair high score game. Um, it's not like you're going to pick up something and get 10,000 points where someone else would only get five. Right. It's where, like, the maze. Sometimes you just get trapped in the maze forever, and you die. Yeah, yeah. and and it's it's it sucks because there's no way to predict it. There's no way to manipulate it. I tried. It, it's just completely random. Um, 
I died the most without question on the very first stage. Yeah, it's the hardest one. Uh, it's because it's totally random. It is completely random. Second well, there is that. no timing. You, you, the mines can pop up beside you, trigger, and you're dead, and that's just it. But you get a second or two. You to, do, but you go. can't get away. It's not easy. You sort of have to be not close to them immediately yes. to get further away. Yeah. Of course, they do open those. The parts of the maze will open up, and so sometimes you can just ramp Well, I think that's I think that is partially a glitch <laughs> because you'll see that the kind of the the holes pop up where the mines were. I think maybe that's supposed to simulate. I think so because it, it, they don't always pop up where the mines are. Sometimes they just pop up and you can go through them. As um, far as I'm concerned, feature. <laughs> oh, that's hey, that's fine. Feature, uh, but it, it doesn't save you enough time going through the holes. Um, the second stage of the labyrinth, probably my least favorite. It, there is no uh, threat to avoid. It's just, is the maze going to be kind enough to let you get somewhere? It's satisfying when you complete it, then. It's so... Uh, I'm always, like, I'm, I mean, excited, I'm always excited. So, and that's another one where you're... That's the only one where I'm really watching the timer. I'm like, oh, come on. Well, come yeah, on. You can't do anything about it. But, I mean, I just it, it, it builds up the tension. Hey, listen, it's very similar to an actual bank robbery. It's exactly the way it yeah. goes. Then when I enter the Minotaur's maze, that's it's always a bad time. Hey, that's a good that's a good selling point for your savings and loan. You know, listen, <laughs> sure, some people have a vault. Also, we've got a we've got a maze. It's ever shifting. It's filled with nerve gas. Why don't they just leave the nerve gas turned on all the time? <laughs> yeah. So the maze, you're really uh, you can just be setting three pixels from the end, and the wall just never opens. You're like. What? Come on, what am I going to do here? And then, of course, the moment you walk to another corner to kind of approach it from a different angle, the hole opens where you were, and you have no chance to get back because it is just bam, bam. Yeah. Um, the 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 number bank vault stage, that's a complete throwaway. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't I, know because, I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy running around and getting them, but, I mean... But there's no threat. Uh, well, I mean, there's a timer, so you have to get. I mean, you're right. Maybe it's just. And no, again, that's, that, if it, let's pretend for a minute you're right. Okay. And the number. Pretty is, sure I am. And the numbers one through seven. You have to get each one. Okay. Because yes. I tried getting pairs. I no. never exactly. And sometimes I get it open early. At that point, it becomes uh, much like that fits the theme of this game. Yes. Random crap with a timer. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, really, in retrospect, it's not a good game at all. But the design. The design. <laughs> The design is horrible. It's like a decent roll in a D20. How are you dead? Yeah, but it, somehow it has an appeal. I don't know what it is. Well, I the, that I mean, at least with the labyrinth stage, it's my it's my least favorite stage. But it, it there is, like you said, there is anticipation. There is excitement. You just have you don't control it, right. but it is there. Uh, the, we're the third stage, the number stage. It's a complete throwaway. I just run in. I collect everything. I leave. It's over. Uh, the fourth stage is the money stage. The robots, and you have to find which exit's the real exit. It's the least random and the most like a, a real game. Yeah, yeah, and, and, that, and that one, it's a good ender. Uh, yeah. I've never been killed by the robots, although I've come exceedingly close on many occasions. because You've never been killed by them? I've okay. been killed by them. You, you have to commit to an exit. It's just a, it's just a one square... Uh, commitment to go into this little hole but you can't go up and down you have to go back the way you came right and there's eight robots patrolling the area and it's always can i get in there check that that's the exit and get back out i've had plenty of times where i've 
made a break for an exit, and if it wasn't the exit, I was dead. Yeah, but it it always and, turned and out to be the exit. And the robots look like space invaders. Yeah, they look like. yeah, they do. But I mean, it's it, it, you're right. That is the of the four levels. That's the the one that's most like a game. Yes. But Absolutely, still, but you know, th- this is one of those games that's more than the sum of its parts. It's yes, it's, it's different. It's it's and plus, you you when you realize that the game is can screw you, you don't feel too bad about when it happens. It's like, uh, oh, there it is. yeah, <laughs> you know, when you eventually die, it's like, okay, it was my time to die. I guess. And the one thing about giving you two chances at each level that I like, that's almost like the game saying, listen. We're probably going to screw you. <laughs> screw you. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. You get, get another, have another chance. I'm sure on that one we botched it. Sorry about that. Here you go. You know, you go back in. Um, but of the two games, while I enjoy mine more, why I enjoy Oh Mummy more, if I was going to recommend a game for someone to check out, it would be Floyd's Bank. And the reason why is you can sit down with Floyd's Bank experience the whole thing and it be something new that you haven't seen anything like this before. Uh, And 20 minutes later, you can turn it off and you'll never go back to it, but you will have for those 20 minutes, you will have both uh, an exciting time, a frustrating time. You'll cheer, you'll cry. You'll go through all the emotions of gaming, just like that, that, that just over and over. And then you can just not worry about it ever again. You know, I like both these games for a very similar reason. They're pick up and play. You're instantly yeah. in the action, and then you're gone. You're, you, I mean, trust me. Of the two, I mean, they're both are in, they're both high score games of a completely different sort. <laughs> the high score game in Lloyd's is like, look at this. See what I did, Lloyd. <laughs> and then in, in your game, it's like, look, I did well. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. Or I've got enough guts. Someone mentioned here, I was old. The Doug is in the house. He asked if Lloyd's Bank was a play on Lloyd's. Lloyd's like a Lloyd's, Lloyd's Bank, of London. Lloyd's of London. Uh, maybe could be, cause, and uh, I'm sure this was programmed in the UK uh, uh, because the company that did it is a UK-based uh, outfit, Romic. Uh, but uh, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. Uh, we did get a, a review again. I, when I say I enjoyed it, I almost feel guilty. I mean, trust me, I've killed games for far less than what this does. But it, I don't know why. It's just yeah, sort it, of fun. It, it's it's just that little tinge of happiness. It's like when you play go to the carnival, like you know you're not gonna knock the crap off the milk jug or whatever, but just don't try. You know, it's the same That's thing. That's it. Uh Pajaka writes, okay, I'll cut this some slack because it's from the early days <laughs> of gaming. That's not a good opening line for Floyd's bank. It feels like a type in game, and for the most part, I quite liked it. Yeah. But it all basically boils down to luck. The game is far too random, but by the time you've looped the game, the randomness slash luck factor totally takes over, and skill is in the corner having a snooze. But it's a fun, and compared against the rest of the Lynx library, it's a solid 7 out of 10. So he he created on a huge curve, the Lynx curve, <laughs> the Brent. Something we do need to mention, Aaron, this game does have levels of difficulty. Yeah, it does. And, and I do believe that it's just... You're just cranking up how bad you want the game to screw you. Yeah, because at the lowest level, it screws you pretty good. And up, up from there, so there's a there's a prolific amount of screwing <laughs> yeah. going on. But yeah, I, I did. I enjoyed. I I, I really like both these games. I did too. I, I looked at the Link's library, and it had the stuff you would expect. Did it have a Pac Man? A good looking Pac Man. Yeah. Did it have a Space Invaders? Yes. It had a good looking Pingo as well. So I mean, it had to. Uh, this is back when bread and butter on these systems was like your arcade ports. No. So there was something here, but much like other systems we've talked about in the past, they couldn't deliver it. I mean, 
when you have a computer, part of it is timing, a big part. Yes. Your competitors are always out there scheming, and they're always out there trying to advance what they're going to put out. Yes. And you've got to get your stuff out on time. You know, remember that computer we talked about where the guy had to go to the factory to get the parts because they took so yeah. long to get it's that's what I'm talking about. You have to get these things out when they're you know, when you're still hot, when the technology's still there. Yes. You know, and, and when you don't get that done, you fall behind and you sell thirty thousand uh, uh computer components and you're gone. I should mention as we close shop on this, I found no com- computer uh, or computer uh uh for sale links. I saw I saw practically nothing. The only thing I found on eBay that has has finished or was in the mix was a CPM manual. So the CPM at huh. least existed in some capacity, whether it was any good or not, is, you know, who knows? Exactly. But I mean, this is not something, I mean, this must be a pretty rare machine uh, because I've never, it's one I, I, even people, I, normally when I look through YouTube and you see a million people talk about these things, but this is not one of those. This is, and for gaming, it's practically completely off the map. Yeah. So I'm happy we got to cover it. I enjoyed it. Hey, although there was a 30-second cl- clip on Floyd's Bank on YouTube, I ended up recording the footage for this one. Yeah, I because, knew you had, because I, the, the one that they it had... Just didn't, loop. <laughs> yeah, some of that footage, we'll put it up. No, nah, we're not going to do that. All right, Aaron, we're going to go to the wheel, though, and you didn't notice what I did, but I noticed what I did. What did you do? A triple... Chat choice threat. Oh my god! Bam, bam, bam! Oh, all in a row. Let me ask you a question. Where's the? What happened to the wheel tune? Where's the tune? Uh, do do no. Doo, the real doo, tune, doo, doo. you idiot. Um, yeah. Let's spin the wheel. <laughs> oh, don't. Come on, I want to move the wheel. Oh. Ah, ha, ha. wait a minute. You, what are you doing? Oh, okay. I thought you were cheating. Beautiful, but horrible games. Curtis L. Boyle. Okay, it's L. Curtis Boyle, you knucklehead. What did I say? You said Curtis L. Boyle. Oh, that L. travels. It's all Are over the place. Me? You don't want to make this guy mad. <laughs> He'll bring down the powerful Coco community on your shoulders. Beautiful is- but horrible games there. So we're looking for a game that was uh, ahead of its time graphic-wise, but just a dog to play. What do you think? Do you have anything that come- pops in? I can think of a couple right off the top of my head. Well, I can't do but you'd hate me for him. What's that mean? Dragon's Lair. The Dragon's Lair? Yeah. Beautiful game, but it was hardly a game. It's horrible. I'm not picking it's that. Great. We've reviewed that. I, I, I love I love what Dragon's Lair was, but I hate what it is. Man, that well, that's poetically said, the Brent. Thank so that'll you. be in two weeks, the Brent. Yes. Next week, what do we got cooking next week, the Brent? You don't know, do you? Uh, we got uh, uh, it's cocoa time. It's cocoa it, time. It's finally cocoa time. It's cocoa time. We, next we week. couldn't make it in in September, but it's finally coming around. You know, it's funny here because I I, I, I asked these fine folks to pick us a game uh, for the cocoa show next week, and they have not picked any game. The <laughs> game selection committee dropped sort of dropped the ball here. So we'll be coming back, I guess, with a mystery game next week for the Coco Show. Uh, uh, that's okay, though, because that means we'll get to pick whatever we want. So this is dealer's choice next week. Uh, and we'll, by God, we'll choose because we oh, have the Coco. That's what our insurance I can't wait. To- this will be the first time we've done the Coco Show I think uh, in th- this new spin. So that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah I, I can't wait. I mean, I, think I, I grew up with the game, of course, with the system, of course. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting in there. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. That'll be next week, and in the two weeks, we'll be coming back with beautiful but horrible games. Uh, I want to make a couple mentions here while we're at the end of the show, the Brent. Uh, first off, 
Uh, we will. I have bad news. I've got bad oh, news. To bring. Yeah, it's bad news. Uh, I, last week I started pitching uh, the BGW Battleground Wrestling show for uh, November. Right. Show canceled. Oh no! What happened? No cancer. I don't know. All I know is they, the next BGW show is no is in February. Oh and it wow! Be, it, it may even be a new venue. I don't know yet. I don't know anything about it, but it got canceled. I was disappointed. Well, you know, Aaron, you know what that means. We're gonna have to fill the void with our own wrestling promotion. Well, listen, I would, I would like to have a wrestling promotion where the outcomes are are made by the, the AI from uh from the game we just play Floyd's Bank. Just random crap that happens. It's like this guy was hit by a boat. <laughs> uh, John, get over here. <laughs> but uh, so no BGW. However, Brent, tell the people what we do have cooking day for Thanksgiving. We've got Thanksgiving coming up, Aaron. We're selling it all, all for early. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hype. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna overhype it. Thanks for giving day after Thanksgiving. It'll be Stay a lot tuned of fun. for details. I think that's the only. Oh, I should mention that we are in the midst of October. Yes, and that means conversations with Dark Side. Me and, jo- and Rob Flack O'Hara. We just did. We just put a show uh, up yesterday. It was all about horror movies. The Brent horror movies. Three big hours of Rob Flack O'Hara, and even Boat chimed in for about twenty minutes on the show too. So we had a good time. If you're into that sort of thing, uh, it's over on the Amigo Stream Team area. Anything else, the Brent? Nope. We'll see you next time for the Coco Show. Until then, bam, get us out of here. Thank you for joining us today. I want to say thank you to our sponsors, Graham W. Vecchi, Lauren Garut, Andy Craig, Mitsuyama, Chris Folds, Wolo, Jason Warrens, Oil of Hope, Terry Howard, Bitter Glitter, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Frodo NL, Pajaco 6502, Rob O'Hara, O-Rom, Brock 101, Chris Munch, Richard Smith, Retro Jerry, Petzl, Martin B, Nathan Danghart, Mario, Texas Foosballer, David Terrence, and Tommy Solera.